This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, June 11th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Water board fees go up. Feds to call for drought dollars. Rescuing farm workers with income subsidy. And Stabenow eyes finish line on funding. Water board fees to go up despite drought. Based on the latest budget expectations, state water board staff are estimating fees on farmers will again rise this year. Water rights fees are expected to increase 6%. The fee-based budgets for the following water quality programs are projected to rise as well. Section 401 Water Quality Certification, 15%. Waste Discharge Requirements, 13%. Stormwater Program, 13%. Confined animal facilities, 12%. Irrigated lands regulatory program, 10%. National pollutant discharge eliminating system, 9%. Several ag stakeholders in a meeting yesterday expressed disappointment the Water Board has not offered farmers any relief by pausing fee increases during the drought. Staff will present their recommendations to the Board for approval in September. A projected 23% increase in drinking water fees will be discussed today. Then on July 6th, the board will approve new fees under its winery order. Reclamation to request more drought funding. The Bureau of Reclamation will soon request more drought funding from Congress. That according to Senate testimony this week from Deputy Commissioner Dave Palumbo. I would expect in the next coming weeks you will be seeing the reprogramming request with a significant focus on drought mitigation and adaptation strategies, Palumbo told California Senator Dianne Feinstein. The Bureau is planning actions around water transfers, water purchases, and groundwater substitutions. Reclamation has also been working with the state on construction salinity barriers in the Delta. And on that note, Reclamation has increased flows out of the new Malone's Reservoir to assist with delta salinity and outflow requirements. Dems call for universal income for farm workers during drought. State Democrats representing coastal and valley farm districts plus Oakland calling on Governor Newsom to expand his universal basic income pilot program to farm workers displaced by drought. The administration has earmarked $35 million for the program in its budget proposal. With farmers following land, less work will be available for farm workers. Drought-induced bumps in food prices will also impact vulnerable populations like farm workers. Workdays will be further capped at six hours on days of 100-degree heat or higher, the lawmakers pointed out in a letter to Newsom. If farm workers do get to work the maximum time allowed before overtime pay kicks in at fourteen twenty-five an hour for eight and a half hours a day, farm workers are only bringing home $2,500 a month, reads the letter. We collectively support adding displaced, underemployed, or unemployed farm workers due to drought to the eligibility list. Stabenow. Very strong ag support for climate funding. It's still far from clear how and when Congress is going to move an infrastructure bill and whether it's going to be bipartisan. But Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow says she's working towards getting a substantial increase in funding for conservation as well as agriculture research included. 
Stabenow's indicated that she's seeking $50 billion in conservation spending, and this week farm groups call for $40 billion in new research funding. Stabenow told reporters yesterday, we would love to see additional investments in agriculture research, which has really been weakened in the last number of years, as well as other support for local communities, including rural broadband. She added, we have very, very strong support from the agriculture and forestry community to move forward on investments and in conservation that allow them to go to the next step in meeting the climate crisis. Keep in mind, a bipartisan group of senators said yesterday they reached a tentative agreement on the framework of an infrastructure package, but Republicans stressed that the details were fluid. By the way, Janie Sims-Hipp's nomination as USDA General Counsel is ready for a final Senate vote. The Ag Committee approved Hipp by voice vote yesterday. Groups ask Biden to end Trump's 232 tariffs. President Joe Biden and U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai will be in Brussels next week. More than 30 U.S. industry groups representing diverse members are hoping the president will use the summit there to bring an end to the Section 232 tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. The tariffs, initiated by the Trump administration, continue to invoke retaliatory measures from the European Union, China, and elsewhere. Our members rely on the movement of their goods and inputs without constant government intervention that causes delivery delays and arbitrary price spikes, the 33 groups said in the letter to Biden. We encourage you to work with our national security and trade allies during your meetings in Europe in the coming weeks to lift the Section 232 steel and aluminum tariffs. The groups on the letter include the Pet Food Institute, U.S. Apple Association, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, North American Association of Food Equipment Manufacturers, and the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. Now take note. One group that did not join the letter but is also pleading for an end to those tariffs is the National Pork Producers Council. China hasn't lifted its 232 retaliatory tariffs on U.S. pork despite the Phase 1 trade pact that's slowing down U.S. exports, according to NPPC President Jen Sorensen. China continues to struggle with African swine fever, and while U.S. pork exports to China have increased, these tariffs put the U.S. pork industry at a serious disadvantage as China seeks reliable sources of pork. By the way, ahead of the G7 summit that starts today in England, Biden and U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson issued a joint statement covering a range of issues. The statement mentions trade policy mostly in passing, committing only to settle the commercial aircraft dispute. There was nothing about bilateral trade deals. The letter said only that they would, quote, work closely to identify and pursue opportunities to deepen our already extensive trade relationship. Crops remain in drought risk. Some 45% of the country is in moderate or worse drought. That, according to the latest U.S. Drought Monitor, That's compared to 39% at the same time last year. According to USDA, about 35% of the U.S. corn crop, 31% of the soybean acres are in regions experiencing drought, along with more than 80% of the sunflower, durum wheat, and spring wheat production area. Some 57% of alfalfa hay production also in drought. Most of northern Iowa, southern Minnesota are now in moderate drought with parts of northwest Iowa, South Dakota in severe drought. 
North Dakota continues to experience extreme drought. Conditions are declining in Oregon, Idaho, eastern Washington, while extreme and exceptional drought conditions are increasing in central and northern California, including the central coast. Finally, here's today's He Said It. Your unpopularity creates a huge problem for Governor Newsom. That Michael Miller, a policy advocate for the California Association of Wine Grape Growers. Miller argued the Cal OSHA Safety Board's focus on masks in the workplace sends a message that vaccines do not adequately protect employees. The board this week reverted to the initial regulations and will revisit the emergency standard next Thursday. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, June 11th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.